The Lord be with you. And also with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, the Lord appointed 72 others whom he sent ahead of him in pairs to every town and place he intended to visit. He said to them, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Go on your way. Behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Carry no money bag, no sacks, no sandals, and greet no one along the way. Into whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this household. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in the same house and eat and drink what is offered to you, for the laborers deserve his payment. Do not move about from one house to another. Whatever town you enter, and they welcome you, eat what is set before you, cure the sick in it, and say to them, The kingdom of God is at hand for you. Whatever town you enter, and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, The dusk of your town that clings to our feet, even that we shake off against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God is at hand. I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom on that day than for that town. The seventy-two returned rejoicing and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us because of your name. Jesus said, I have observed Satan fall like lightning from the sky. Behold, I have given you the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and upon the full force of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice because the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Dear Christian brothers and sisters, in our gospel reading today, Jesus is still in the middle of his ministry. He has already been to many towns, but as he continues, he sends out 72 others to go ahead of him to prepare his way, to tell the people of what is to come. When one sets out on a journey, normally they prepare themselves with all the information and tools that is needed to go on the journey. So if we prepared a trip today, we'd find out where we need to stay, where to eat, what to visit, and what we need to pack, all the simplest Google search. But the convenience for traveling for us wasn't like what the 72 had to do at that time. The 72 others, as they were called, would be called apostles. Apostolos in Greek, which means one who is sent out. So these 72 apostles that Jesus was sending he would send them out into the land to prepare his ministry. And I'm not going to lie to you, Jesus wasn't the conventional motivational speaker for these 72. He is speaking the truth to them. He isn't sugarcoating anything. First, the first thing he says is, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The 72 are the workers that Jesus is sending out to this abundant field. He is sending them people out to prepare the others for Christ. And if we look at the time when these people are going out, they're going to Jerusalem with an approximate 600,000 people there. And this doesn't even include all the people in the surrounding towns or the other cities. So if these 72 are going out, they roughly have to tell 8,000 people each to tell everyone in Jerusalem about Christ. Next, Jesus tells them, I am sending you out as lambs amidst the wolves. He's not only sending these apostles out into a land that is too numerous to tell, but it's also too dangerous. It's a world that is ready to advance and attack them. 
the world is against these 72 and would do all it can to devour them and that they would be defenseless against these people. Next, Jesus goes to tell them, go without supplies. The people you're going to be among are the ones who provide for you. That even in the midst of these wolves, the Lord is sending them out to provide for them with strangers in their midst. So these 72 apostles are being sent without enough workers, without supplies, and without protections. Now, I'm not sure about you, but this doesn't sound like a job I'd want to do. Who in the right mind would be willing to give up everything, to leave their homes, to go talk to thousands of people, people who probably hate and despise you, and expect them to listen to you, but also expect them to provide care for you? Why would anyone be willing to do this? Why, what reason is there to put themselves out like this? Well, these 72 apostles had a reason. They already had the experience of knowing Jesus Christ and the joy that he brings to their lives. This is why they went out. These 72 believed in Jesus and were willing to go out to tell his story. This was even before Jesus' death and resurrection, but these 72 still believed that he was a savior that was promised to them. The same savior that was promised to Adam and Eve in the garden. The same Jesus who they believed would be the redeemer who would die and take away all their sins. They believed this because they believed the scriptures that are written about him. They also believed that he was who he said he was. They believed the kingdom of God was near and were ready to tell everyone about it. It was the faith in Jesus that caused these 72 people to go out to share their faith. When Jesus appointed them and said, go and tell, these 72 did just that because they believed Christ was a savior to them and he was the fulfillment of all the Old Testament scriptures and prophecies and he was their savior who was to come. So my brothers and sisters, what does this mean for us today? It can seem that we aren't like the 72, that it's not for us to do this type of work. And we can come up with excuses not to do this type of work. We can say, I'm not a people person, or I'm not ready to talk about my faith, or isn't that what pastors are meant to do? Or the hundred other thoughts that come to our minds when we think about talking to others about our faith. We also live in a world that no longer accepts Christianity. It often is ignored, mocked, or even hated. We are like the 72, going out like lambs in the midst of wolves. Wolves that are ready to devour us, devour us and attack us. That we as Christians will not always be liked or even respected because of our faith. And that there will be those around us who are ready to snatch us away from our faith. It is also easy to think about that I am not smart enough to do this, or I don't know enough about my own faith to tell others. That I am not trained to do this, I don't know what to say or even what needs to be said about my faith to tell someone else. And that there are those around me who would do better than I could possibly ever do. But my brothers and sisters, we are called to go out and tell our story. So why would you do this? What has Jesus done in your life? What has Jesus done for you that you would be willing to go out into the world to tell his story? The fact that each of you are here this service means that Jesus has already done something in your life. What Jesus means to you is personal. What Jesus himself did for everyone is universal because it is the story of God, the God who so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross to take away our sins, that through Jesus' death and resurrections, our sins are taken away and death is defeated forever. It's also the story of God who sent the Holy Spirit upon us, that in our baptism, it creates faith in us and equips us and works through us to tell others about our faith. 
Our message is worth knowing and worth believing. It's worth being shamed and mocked. It's worth going out into a world that doesn't believe because our message is the message of hope for all. It is the good news of God who wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of his truth. This is the truth that we need to share today, our story with the world, because it's not our story, it's his story. God has given us all that we need to go out into the world, to share the news of his story with everyone around us. You don't need to be a great charismatic speaker. You don't need to be a master of all Bible trivia. All that you need is the love and passion for Christ, to tell the love of God to all those around us, and to tell what it means for Jesus' death and his resurrection. I know this might not be the most easy thing to do or the most comfortable thing for us to do, but I know and believe that you, the people of this church, have the faith and passion to tell his story because I have seen this church do it time and time again. Growing up in the church, the big push for me when I was younger was building this school on this campus. And the saying that went with it was, we will tell the next generation. And my brothers and sisters, I have seen that done in this church, and I know that it will be continued to do so. It can be seen each Sunday service when the pastors are preaching and teaching about their faith. It can be seen throughout the school halls as children learn about their faith from the teachers. It can be seen each and every weekend when this building is full of believers who come to support the church and support the ministry it is to tell all people, to tell all generations, from children to elders, about the faith of Christ. And I have seen this all firsthand, and I want to thank you for what it means to be a part of this congregation to have a church that is willing to support a Lutheran school to teach the faith to young children, to have the church that has confirmation classes to teach the faith to children, a part of our congregation, what it means to believe in God, to have youth groups a part of this church where teenagers can gather with their friends to learn more about Christ with their youth leaders, to see this church building full of people each service because they love and believe the Lord, to have a church that works within our community because they believe that they are those who are sent out to help the other people. These acts of the church alone are enough to fill my heart with joy, because whenever I get the chance to be here, I always enjoy it. But you, the people of Trinity, have gone above that. Trinity has the desire and passion to tell the next generation. You guys have put together a church worker scholarship to enable future pastors, teachers, and Christian instructors to tell the next generation that I am one of four people currently receiving this scholarship means that Trinity is supporting the future of God's church, not only here at Trinity, but throughout the rest of the world. And I'm honored to be here today to preach and teach to you guys, the church that has raised me and many other Christians, to be able to stand here and teach and preach the word of God to my pastors, my teachers, my youth leaders, my family, my friends, and my brothers and sisters in this congregation. It is an honor to give back a little of what you have given me. You have done so much to support me, and I cannot thank each and every one of you for the love, support, and prayers that you continually lift up for me and all the other church workers that you support. I am thankful to call Trinity Church my home because it is a church that has the desire and faith to go out and tell the story of Christ, to tell the good news to all, because ultimately it is your love for Christ that enables you to tell the story, to continue telling Christ's story, because there is no greater story to tell. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all knowledge, keep your hearts and minds in the one true faith until life everlasting. Amen.